Hey, this is a Hakawadi production. Hello, humans, and any animal that might be listening along with you. Yeah, I know that sounds kind of weird, but I've been thinking about this a lot lately. It's nothing new. We've all seen those shocking PETA videos and gasped in dismay and then gone out for burgers a few minutes later. But although we tend to sweep those horrific animal abuse images under the rug in our minds, they keep coming back, and it's getting harder to ignore them. There's an increasing number of people in the world right now, including very smart and high-profile people, who are speaking out about animal rights and also, by default, veganism. Like take, for instance, Prince Khaled bin Al-Walid. He's not only a vegan himself, but he also invests in all kinds of vegan and so-called clean meat enterprises through his VC fund, KBW Ventures. So what's this all about? Do we really still need to eat and use animal products to survive and prosper as humans? Or, as we develop new technologies and become smarter, are we evolving into a plant-based period in our history on Earth? Well, while you think about that, be sure you're subscribed to the show so we can catch up again soon. My next guest today is an activist and internationally renowned public speaker who thinks that all creatures should have the same basic rights, including the right to have autonomy over their body and not to be enslaved or exploited. Please welcome Seb Alex. Hey, Seb. Hello. So that's not a very Middle Eastern name. What's your story? <laughs> all right. So I'm born and raised in Lebanon. Um, so I am Lebanese. I uh, lived here 21 years of my life, and then I moved to Europe to continue my studies. And um, after finishing and getting my master's in architecture, I worked in architecture for um, almost one year. And then I quit my career to dedicate my time for animal rights activism. So what was the reason for that? All right. So when I was um, around 16 years old, I became vegetarian after talking to a friend and Um, she was vegetarian at the time, and she basically called me out um, on my hypocrisy because I really liked and protected and loved my cats, but I was also eating meat and hunting and things like that. Um, so I was vegetarian because I didn't have a lot of information on veganism, actually any information. And after eight years of being vegetarian, um, I watched a documentary called Earthlings, and I learned about speciesism and all the industries that are exploiting animals, and I realized I had no justification And as a result, um, I realized that the only logical thing I can do, the next step would be to become vegan. Um, one year after being vegan, I also started raising awareness about what's happening to animals because I realized although veganism is great um, and you're not contributing to the slaughter of animals, it doesn't necessarily mean you're stopping the slaughter of animals. So the animals would need people who are helping to stop what's happening to them. And um, that basically is what activism does. Um, you raise awareness so that less people consume animal products. And um, I started doing more and more activism. And once I started doing on a weekly basis, I realized how great the impact is. And I just didn't feel comfortable being um, in an office eight hours a day, five days a week, um, when I could be working on creating content or being outside on, on the street or in farms or slaughterhouses, raising awareness about animal exploitation. So for you, um, talking about veganism, is it more of an ethical issue or is there some scientific data to support veganism that you feel strongly about um, that supports veganism and a plant-based lifestyle? Yeah. So it's really interesting. Veganism in itself is uh, definitely a, a 
a stance against oppression and against injustice. So it's a very ethical thing. Um, so when you're against speciesism, you're against it because you don't find it moral or ethical to exploit animals. Um, of course, there's a lot of scientific data that shows that it's also um, better for our health and much better for the environment if we relied on plant-based foods instead of animal agriculture. Um, but those things don't really make the argument stronger. They're just extras. The argument of the ethics in itself is already strong enough. We don't really need the others. But that doesn't mean that it's not good to to eat something that's good for your health or that it's not good that people go vegan for health reasons or for the environment. All of it is appreciated. Um, but for me, as a personal thing, it's definitely an ethical sense. Yeah, so you mentioned speciesism, which is a new word I learned when I went to your talk a couple of weeks yeah. ago. What does that mean exactly? Okay, is so, it the new buzzword? It's like, oh, now you, no. not only you're a racist, you're <laughs> okay. a sexist, now you're a specious. Yeah, no, uh, not at all. It's actually uh, been there ever since the creation of, um, let's say, the vegan movement or the vegan philosophy. And it's basically simply the discrimination of uh, certain members of uh, the animal kingdom based on their species. So speciesism is discriminating someone like an animal based on their species. So um, protecting a dog while killing a chicken, you're being speciesist towards the chicken. Uh, it's but not... some people would say, for example, that the dog is a lot more intelligent, you know, they're, we have them yeah. as pets, yeah. whereas chickens, you know, are chickens. Yeah. So um, first of all, you'd be surprised by how amazing chickens are. I used to have um, three chickens, actually. Um, and, and they're really amazing beings. But other than that, uh, if, when we talk about how intelligent they are, of course, dogs are more intelligent. But then again, pigs are more intelligent than dogs. Does that, does that mean we, it's okay to kill dogs? Is that uh, a fact? Yes. Like, how do they measure that? Um, the cognitive abilities and things like that. And, but most importantly, we have to keep in mind that um, IQ level or somebody's intelligence is never a factor for us to hurt them. I mean, um, if you find like a pig is uh, just as smart as a three-year-old, that doesn't mean you have like a, like a human. That doesn't mean younger humans are okay to exploit or, or, or murder. You know, you would never do that because you understand that um, just because someone is less smart than you doesn't mean you have to be violent or unjust towards them. Okay, you make a good point. Um, so obviously, plant-based food is big business now. You have all kinds of fake burger meat coming into the market. Um, what about clean meat? I mentioned at the top of the show, in my introduction, that uh, there's uh, Prince Khaled uh, bin Al-Walid who's investing heavily into all of this industry, including in to meat that's grown in a lab from animal cells. And he's also actually just invented, invested in um, fish and, and, and milk, oh, milk okay. grown from cells and not just milk like cow's milk, but human yeah. milk. And he's like, yeah. his intention is to disrupt the baby formula industry with that. Yeah. So, so my question is, would you eat a burger that's been grown in a lab, right. knowing that no no animal has been harmed? Yeah. Um, uh, actually, it, it's a really... It, the clean meat market is definitely going to disrupt a lot. And the reason why I said fish is because just yesterday, they also invested a lot in a lab or a company that is making the same thing with the clean meat, but with fish. Um, personally, I wouldn't eat it. Um, even if I don't see any immoral or ethical things, I just don't. It, it's not something I desire anymore. I don't see the point of eating something that is grown in a lab when I can just eat something that's grown in nature. Like well, some people love the taste of meat, right? Yeah. yeah, that's why it's great for them. You know, if people if people are not going to give up because they don't care about um, injustice and what's happening to the animals, then they can just eat those. It's a good option. Things. Yes. Like for definitely. me, for example, I don't eat meat, and I the thought of it really turns me off. But I'll be honest, if I smell 
smell someone making a really good barbecue, it kind of smells good, right? It's yeah. like, yeah. even and, if, and if you hate meat. And if that's the case and, and yeah. that, that was not harming any animal, then... Yeah, yeah, that would help a lot. Okay, this, despite the fact that it's been shown that it's uh, that animal products are not beneficial to our health of and course. that they cause and a bunch of diseases. And everything else. Yeah. So um, some people also believe that as humans, based on the structure of our teeth and the chemicals and tissues in our body, we're designed to digest animal products, and that we were basically put on this earth, um, you know, that we have the right to eat animals, that there's a cycle in nature, that we have the right to uh, use that energy as, or use animals as a source of energy. Yeah. How do you answer those people? So uh, it's important to say that um, we came up with the idea that there's this cycle that we can do this to animals, um, the same way that uh, people in the past have come up with a cycle that some humans are here to serve other humans, unfortunately, like slavery and things like that. Uh, when it comes to our uh, body and like just phys physiologically speaking um, let's start in, in our mouth our uh, enzymes are the our saliva is the carbohydrate digestive system we start the um the digestion in our mouth. Um, that's also why most of our teeth are flat and short. We are actually only herbivores. I mean, there's no video now. If someone's listening to this, open your mouth and shake it side to side. If you can do that, you're not a carnivore or an omnivore. Only herbivores can do that. And the reason you can do that is so that you can chew and grind all the plants in your mouth because that's when you start digestion, once you start eating. And that's something only herbivores can do. Uh, when you go back, uh, actually down after you swallow, inside your body, you have to look at the uh, length of our intestines. Uh, omnivores and carnivores, their intestines are three to six times the size of their torso. Um, herbivores are six to 12 times. And that's the, uh, that's, I mean, the intestines of the herbivores uh, in the animal kingdom are three to six, uh, six to 12 times the size of their torso. And uh, humans fall in that category as well. So if anything, um, we definitely do fall in the category of herbivores and frugivores. Even if someone wants to make the uh, argument that actually we're omnivores, we can eat meat. Um, science has shown uh, that we don't need to eat meat. And just because you can do something doesn't mean you should do it. So if you have the option to not kill animals unnecessarily, then why do you want to do that? So what about people who are concerned about missing out on certain nutrients with yeah. a plant-based diet like protein, vitamin B12? Yeah. Um, I mean, they make a point, and most doctors still today, if you go and tell them you're vegan, they want to test your blood, they're yeah. concerned and worried. Yeah. Should they be? Should Is this real, yeah. a real concern? So what I would say is um, definitely don't, just don't, don't go vegan out of nowhere. Do your research, see how it is, see how, um, like what food contains what nutrients. Um, when it comes to vegans, uh, science has shown that vegans have between four to five um, different types of deficiencies. But when it comes to non-vegans, it's seven to eight. So uh, when it comes to nutrition intake, we're definitely, uh, well, vegans in, like have a better nutrition intake. Um, the ones that people should worry about, let, I mean, not even worry, but just be careful with it. Vitamin B12. Uh, is something that you should supplement, but um, science and the nutrition committees are also saying you should supplement your whether you're a vegan or not, mm. because up to 70% of the world population has some type of B12 deficiency. Isn't that something that you make like in your gut? Yeah, so uh, our body produces B12, but not always the, the amount that it needs. So uh, I also recommend for people, to, if they have the opportunity to do blood tests, you know, see how your body is doing, and based on that, start um, uh, supplementing if you need it. 
But uh, B12 deficiency could be actually extremely dangerous because it's for the nervous system. Um, so I, I ask everyone to take it seriously, again, whether they're vegan or not. What happens when you're deficient in B12? Um, it's it actually it's very difficult to reverse it, and it's a very important vitamin for the nervous system. So it can have a massive impact on your body. I don't know the details of how it starts affecting you, but um, I've done the research, and uh, all doctors say definitely don't wait until it's too late, because then it could be extremely dangerous. Um, and B12 um, uh, supplements, like whether it's pills that you, you can just take or um, they come in liquid forms as well, are extremely cheap. Mm -hmm. So, um, for example, if you're going to buy the pills, um, B12, it's like you can get 90 for $6 or $7. I mean, that's Not if you're nothing. in Lebanon. Here it's like uh, $6. It's like $25. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now with everything that's happening in the country, definitely. Yeah. But even then, I, I would still say like, if you're not going to invest on your health, where are you going to invest, you know? Yeah, of course. Of course, that's certainly not a reason. So tell yeah. me what you would eat in a typical day. Um, I usually start my day with um, a vegan milkshake. So I, I put oats and a lot of bananas and berries and um, sometimes spinach or kale. It doesn't really change the taste. Um, peanut butter in a blender, blend it all up um, and then have some granola uh, with it. Uh, I have quite a big breakfast usually. And then uh, for lunch, it really depends where I am and what I'm doing. Um, but for example, in Lebanon, I mean, most Lebanese food is vegan or can be veganized very easily. So if you just take full hummus, tabulim, shadra, um, like all these meals, people think of them as side meals, but um, you can put them all together and have a very good meal, a healthy meal that's that's going to make you feel full. And most importantly, not unnecessarily um, kill an animal. So um, that's that. And for dinner, I either just have leftover from lunch if I've made a, a big lunch or um, just have like quick fruits or something like that. That sounds pretty healthy and easy to yes, do. Yes. Actually, in the Middle East, it's really easy. And yeah. I think people become more deficient in places like the U.S., where once you eliminate like meat products, you're really not left with a lot. Yes. Even Caesar salad has like I some know. kind of meat. You know, they, yeah. they like to sprinkle it on everything. <laughs> and, and so it's actually much easier than people think here. Um, so... Also related to the the region, I know um, there's a group called Voice for the Vo Anonymous, Anonymous for the for Voiceless, the Voiceless yes. that was protesting recently in yeah. Beirut, mm -hmm. um, and they were kind of called out by religious uh, groups that they were uh, saying that Islam does does not. Uh, what, what were we saying? What was uh, the, okay, the problem? So basically, um, the I, I know what you're talking about. There was a, there was a group or an individual I don't remember that made a video saying that um, the activists were talking about the unethical um, uh, side actually of eating animals, and he basically said that this is an offensive thing to the uh, Muslim religion and because they have halal meat. Exactly, but if you think about it, I mean. Uh, there's, first of all, so many Muslim vegans, all right? And one thing we know, whether it's Islam or any other religion, there's not a single religion in the world that says you have to eat animals. It just doesn't exist. The only thing that you have in the Quran, it means it's permissible, all right? And if it's permissible, it doesn't mean, again, that you have to do it. Um, so I have a lot of ex religious um, Muslim friends that are uh, vegan, 
None of them have any issues with that. You can be a perfectly uh, religious Muslim vegan. There's nothing wrong in that. Um, and what we have to keep in mind is that these animals are here with us. And um, what kind of, um, like, why would we unnecessarily kill them and think that's something good? You know, if you think about, like you, you mentioned um, Khalid al-Walid, the, the prince of Saudi Arabia, he's also vegan. Um, so it's, it's not something that... Uh, comes against uh, as like a stance against Islam in any way. Because Is there anything in in the Quran that says that might actually lead you to think that you, that you should be a vegan? Yes, yes, there is actually. Um, uh, that, that you, you should, should be vegan? Yes. yes. There's, um, I there, mean, because people always use religion and religious texts to justify yes, different things. Yes. Uh, but then um, are there actually things in the Quran, as yes. an example, that that would say to someone, if you read it in a certain way, yeah. that perhaps you shouldn't eat meat? Yes. So uh, one of uh, my friends, who's a vegan activist, and uh, she's a religious Muslim as well, she said that three things are uh, taking care of your body, your health, taking care, uh, not hurting animals, and taking care of the environment. And by eating animals, you're not taking care of animals, you're not taking care of your health, and you're definitely destroying the environment. So these are things that definitely show us towards that direction. Now, there's one part in the Quran where it also talks about on Eid al-Adha, um, the sacrifice that you make. Now, we have to be... Um, careful with this part because obviously people think okay then on this day I have to kill an animal and uh, give it to the needy or whoever is hungry and, and give it to the poor or whatever now at the time it basically said you have to sacrifice something that is valuable to you that's the whole point of sacrificing in this day at the time owning animals people had their own animals and that was valuable to them so they sacrificed them in this day and age, you're going and buying the animal and then killing the animal. So you're not really sacrificing anything. So a lot of vegans around the world that are um, religious uh, Muslim, um, they, they on Eid al-Adha, they actually sacrifice from their own time. They make a lot of healthy vegan food and they go out and they give it to the needy and those who are hungry and, and to the poor. So uh, times have changed and we have to actually, my friend uh, uh, that I mentioned earlier, she also said that at, in one point in the Quran, obviously, personally, I don't know which part it is, and uh, she said, it also says uh, you have the responsibility to adapt to the time and environment you're living in. So that means if times have changed and a sacrifice for you uh, is no longer killing an animal, then you have the responsibility to sacrifice actually something that is valuable to you. So even when it comes to Eid al-Adha, because that's the part where a lot of people think, or right, but what it says so in the Quran, so are we going to not do that? Um, we have to keep in mind that times have changed and, um, and you don't own an animal that is valuable to you. You're buying a new animal. And and yeah, as simple as that. You can easily be uh, vegan and uh, religious. And again, not only in in Islam, all other religions, um, none of them actually say you have to kill animals and eat. What them. about Christianity? Is there anything specific? Um, I know someone stood up again at your talk and kind of explained his interpretation of, of yes. what it says. Uh, he mentioned how Jesus uh, at the last dinner served fish. Yeah. Yeah, there's a part where they say like he he served fish, and uh, basically he he said that a lot of parts in the in the Bible uh, the the idea of fish is actually um, the idea of knowledge, not necessarily fish as the animal. It's symbolic. It's symbolic, yeah. And um, even when that's not the case, uh, if he actually gave away fish, it was for survival situation because there was no food left. Um, we have to keep in mind that. 
we're not in survival situation in these days. You know, we all go to the same supermarkets and the same like places to eat. We just choose different things. And you're not killing animals because you need to survive when you're in the supermarket. You're picking it up wrapped in plastic packaging. That's not survival. So, uh, yeah, when it comes to Christianity and all other religions, again, um, we, I mean, just generally thinking what kind of... Um, uh, compassionate God would actually make our food a sentient animal that suffers. A God, like a compassionate and loving God, wouldn't create our food to be an animal that suffers when we have to eat, you know? I mean, when you see, you showed some videos uh, during your talk, and I've seen these videos repeatedly. I'm sure you can recommend some places where people can watch them. Yeah. There's a lot of videos that have surfaced from inside um, uh, factories and slaughterhouses around yeah. the world. And what you see is really disturbing. And a lot of people that are not vegan really just turn away and they're like, I don't want to watch this. Yeah. It's kind of an interesting reaction. Yeah, of course. Because Why do they react like that? Because once they see that, they realize that they it doesn't align with what they believe in. And if it doesn't align with what they believe in, then they shouldn't be paying for that. So but I they, think they also see it as propaganda for some reason. They would say, well, they're just showing that so that they want to get their point of view across. Yeah. Well, that's not wrong. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, the thing is, animals are so commodified, they're so objectified that we don't even think about them as sentient beings who want to be alive. You know, we just go in there and, and buy a packaging or we buy shoes, but it's actually the skin of another animal. They be, animals have become sandwiches and fashion accessories and things like that. So showing these videos is putting back the personhood of animals in people's minds. Like, I want people to see the slaughter and realize, wow, that's an animal that is being killed when there's no need to kill them. And you see how these animals are fighting back because they don't want to be hurt or be killed. So, yeah, we do have to show that. It's not propaganda, though, because it's, if you think about it, if you can't even look, like, if it's not even good for your eyes, how is it good for your body? And if you can't even look at it, then why do you want to pay for it? If if someone told me, like, hey, I'm going to show you how this bottle is made because you paid for it, why would I go like, oh, my God, no, I don't want to see it, you know? It obviously means... Well, you might just not be interested. Some people are just not yeah. interested. Yeah, but making making a bottle like... Yeah, maybe it's, it's not like a big interest thing, but um, a bottle isn't a sentient being. Like the plastic isn't a sentient being. Mm. But these animals, whether or not we're interested, they're suffering unnecessarily. And it, that's just not justified, you know? Some people think... and. Personally, I used to think the same thing, that veganism is about compassion, it's about loving animals. It's not at all about compassion. It's about justice. You don't have to love someone to not kill them. You know, if I'm walking down the street and I see someone I don't even know being hurt, I don't have to love them to wish that they don't get hurt. I, I, it's enough for me to see that they're unnecessarily being attacked for me to realize, okay, this is wrong. This has to stop. So um, it's not about interest. It's not about compassion. It's simply uh, a justice thing. It's not right and it should stop. Well, you make a good point, a lot of good points. Um, and you talk a lot about how times have changed. Do you think that this is a part of evolution of man that we're in this era where every, like so many people are talking about this and kind of realizing that we no longer need meat or animal products, you know, and we've developed all these technologies to create yeah. materials that are not animal based. Do you think, do you see this as evolution? Um, I definitely see it um, an advancement um, as evolution. I don't know, because if, if you think about all the things we've done in the past, all the horrible things, I wouldn't consider all of them a part of evolution. Um, so just because there's a change, I'm not sure if it could be categorized as evolution. Maybe 
um, mentally speaking, to realize that hurting even an animal that is so like the most different to us, like a fish is unethical and wrong, then yeah, there's some kind of mental and emotional um, evolution. I mean, maybe in that way, um, definitely. But I mean, as a, as, as a, as a species, as humans, if we just continue exploiting animals and, and funding this animal agriculture industry with the amount of animals that it, uh, it kills, uh, 84,000 animals per second, um, and the amount of deforestation and species extinction and the greenhouse gas emissions that it's putting out there, um, it's literally like the world going vegan is, a, is also a survival thing for humans. It's not only... Um, uh, obviously, for our health, it's great, and for the animals, it's, it's the most important thing. But also for our survival. Um, so, if if you look at evolution, a lot of animals do some changes to survive. In that sense, it's definitely uh, a type of evolution. That's a super interesting perspective. Yeah. But let's talk about um, fish mm -hmm. and the dairy industry. Yeah. Because even you said you were vegetarian for eight years, yes. and then finally you realized that you didn't want to eat fish or dairy products anymore. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't think of those things as the same as animals or animal abuse. When yeah. you you know you have a piece of cheese, it's like yeah, yeah great. Yeah. We took some a little bit of milk from the cow or the sheep. Yeah. Um, what what can you say about that? All right. So um, again, I I went vegetarian because I I saw footage of slaughterhouses and and farms, but I I didn't necessarily understand two things. One is um, the process of how these products are made. Two is the philosophy of not exploiting animals for unnecessary reasons. Um, I, I thought that we have to eat animal products. I thought that I need milk for calcium. I thought I need eggs for protein. So I never wondered if that's unethical because if you need it, then it's justified. It's necessary. Um, when it comes to the dairy industry, basically the dairy industry is one of the main reasons I went vegan because I was wondering, um, I was in Abu Dhabi at the time and I was wondering how come as a grown-up adult, like a human being, I'm drinking the breast milk of the mother of another animal. It doesn't really necessarily yeah, make any weird. sense. Yeah, it's very weird. Like I wouldn't even drink human breast milk. Why am I drinking cow breast milk? And I thought veganism used to be this like dietary issue that some people have to um, take. And um, so I went online and I wrote, why don't vegans drink milk? And, and I, I, I found the documentary I mentioned, Earthlings. And basically the way the dairy industry works, and again, you can bring the best examples uh, with the least amount of physical harm caused. Uh, it's still going to be exploitation, unnecessary exploitation. But let's talk about how the dairy industry functions. First, what they have to do is bring a bull and um, annually electrocute the bull, which results in ejaculation. They collect the semen and ser uh, sell it to dairy farms. In the dairy farms, they shove their arms inside the cow and then um, with a metal they also get the cow pregnant by inserting the semen inside. Um, the cow after around nine months gives birth just like a human being and that's when the cow starts producing milk. Cows don't produce milk for the sake of producing milk. They're not just like machines that for no reason make milk. They make milk for the same reason every single other mammal makes milk when they have a baby, when they give birth. Um, so when they give birth, if the if the baby calf is a boy, uh, taken away immediately or after a day or two and then sent to slaughter because he is useless and um, he will never create milk um, or and his um, flesh is sold as veal. And then if uh, the calf is female, again, taken away, not slaughtered, kept on the farm until she's two years old, and then she will start having the same cycle as her mother of um, forced impregnation and um, them being milk. So the mother, uh, they start milking her until she stops producing milk. By the way, when they take the 
babies away from the mother, they have the same uh, reaction as uh, like emotional reaction as humans and other animals have when their babies are taken away from them. So obviously it's very um, stressful for the cow to have the baby taken you away. You mean you see the cow when the baby is taken away? Like oh, the they fight for it. Like, oh, really? they, they fight. They, like I've seen videos of cows protecting their calf from being taken away and uh, headbutting the, the farmer in the chest and, and doing everything um, she can because it's her baby, you know? Yeah. Um, so uh, they start milking her until she stops producing milk and then it's the same thing all over and get her pregnant. After five years of this evil cycle, um, the cow uh, just drops out of exhaustion, more or less five years. Uh, they're called the downers. It's because of uh, emotional and physical exhaustion. And um, that's when the same cow is sent to the slaughterhouse for her flesh. And that's where around 50% of uh, meat that people eat come from. So the dairy industry is the meat industry. And if you are vegetarian, just the same I was, you uh, are paying for just as much, if not more suffering as anyone eating meat. Um, I, I mean, if you really close your eyes and imagine what we're doing to mother cows over and over and over again, it's so cruel that we can't even put it into words. Like it's almost psychotic. Like how could we just constantly forcefully impregnate an animal and take her babies away so we can have the breast milk that we don't even need <laughs> um, it's it's really bad because then then you go in the supermarket and, and you're gonna buy um, some cheese and you see this beautiful face of a cow smiling and then they have the audacity to say that the, the milk or the cheese comes from happy cows which i used to buy i used to pay a euro or two extra and feel good that i'm buying happy cow milk I've been in dairy farms, I've been in, in farms in Germany, in the UK, in, in, in so many countries. There is not a single dairy farm where you can have smiling cows. All you can hear is babies crying and mothers looking for their babies. So, and if, if you don't, I mean, you can look it up. You can watch videos online. There's a very short video called Dairy is Scary. Very famous, very short video. I think it's like five minutes that just explains all of this and you can see the images as well and this is the industry practice even as i said in the beginning even if we think of the best situations where let's say some people say okay we leave the calf with the mother yeah let's say i live yeah. on a farm i have four or five cows exactly the female cow gets pregnant has yeah. her babies and uh hey let's make a couple uh, kilos of cheese this exactly, year exactly yeah can, so, can we take a little yeah. bit of her milk yeah so so let's imagine that best case scenario you know yeah, like that's we're, a nice scenario not, yeah she's uh, a happy cow exactly we love her every single glass of milk that you have is a glass of milk that the calf can't have um, and as long as like philosophically speaking why how can we justify taking something from that cow that can't consent to it uh, health-wise how can we justify drinking breast milk that we don't even need um, so it's not it's not in any way justified it animals are not here for us and as long as we look at them as commodities and as beings that owe us something we're taking part in speciesism so and and this but if you're taking care of the cow and like feeding it, uh, you know, giving it food and water her. and shelter, her. Yes, yes you're right. <laughs> sorry. Um, in some ways, it's kind of like you're you're also giving something. Giving back, to, but yeah, giving but back. the difference is that um, you are taking that decision, and the cow isn't taking the decision to to have the the milk taken away from her. There's nothing in that milk that you can't get from plant-based sources. And as I said before... You can't make a good cheese, though, with anything else but milk. Well, um, I would... Listen, I've had some pretty good vegan cheese. And, and the thing is, um, if you're going to talk about taste and pleasure, yeah. you know... Um, 
we, we can't really justify our actions based on pleasure. There's so many things that people do in society that are horrible and they can try to justify with pleasure, but we would never accept that, you know, from, from the worst types of crimes to rape and all these things. If someone says, well, it's really nice, I really enjoy it, that's not a justification. So even if, uh, even if, um, dairy cheese tastes good we still can't justify it and um, the main issue is that we're trying to disrupt the society we, we want society to stop looking at animals as commodities as machines that owe us something um, they don't owe us anything and there's nothing in animals or from the body of the animals that that we need for our survival so the second you start taking um, milk from that cow from the best best, best case scenario you are confirming that animals um, are here for us mm. and if we want to end speciesism and um, reach a world where we have animal liberation then we cannot do that at the same time when um, yeah, I mean, you can't do both at the same time. You can't exploit an animal, whether you're doing it in, in cruel ways or not, and fight for animal liberation at the same time. Yeah. yeah. What about fish and eggs? So, like, um, again, the example of the eggs. I know you have good answers for everything, <laughs> but I'm still going to try and catch you on a few things. Like, for All example, right. you have some chickens. Okay. I've heard you say when you eat a chicken egg, you're eating her period. You're eating a chicken period. Ovulation. Well, you called it period. Where, <laughs> Somebody at, at did. Top, someone did. Yes. Some, <laughs> it doesn't uh, matter. Essentially, yes. that's yes. what it is. Yes. So this is not something that they need. They're not taking away from anyone, from okay. anything. So if you have some chickens on your farm, you treat your chickens well. Okay. It's like a gift. It's a blessing, <laughs> right? I don't love <laughs> eggs. I'm okay. not saying I'm being oh, devil's advocate. Eggs, eggs was like were my favorite um, meals as a non-vegan. Yeah, because you feel yeah. like you're not hurting anyone. Yes, and I also like the taste a lot. So, so it, of course, the industry is the problem. I yeah, know that. So we can talk about the industry and then we can talk about, again, like the best case scenario. Okay. So when it comes to the industry, basically, I mean, let's talk about eggs. First of all, uh, eggs are the unfertilized reproductive system of a chicken. It's the equivalent of the human female ovulation. So um, people start the argument on, uh, do you really want to eat ovulation in the first place? But I wouldn't even talk about that because some people are weird and they would do that. Hey, so, people eat a lot of weird things. Everything we eat is weird. Is anything meat related is weird. You want to eat yeah. somebody's like thigh muscle or yeah. their butt Yeah, it's, cheek, it's you know? really weird. Um, and okay, so basically what happens with chickens is that they lay eggs as a part of their ovulation. And uh, chickens um, are supposed to have their ovulation between 12 to 17 times a year kind of similar to 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 women um, but the thing is they have been so modified and conditioned throughout the past hundreds of years that uh, today most chickens in the in the in the egg industry lay up to 320 or 350 um, uh, eggs per year so that's that's almost having their ovulation once a day now I cannot say how that feels as a man to ovulate every single day of my life but I'm sure you and any woman listening to this can can identify how um, unless uh, unpleasure <laughs> unpleasurable it is to ovulate every single day of your life mm-hmm. I'm, I, how, how do they make them ovulate every day well if you lay an egg every day then you're ovulating every day um, but how so, do they make them so lay it's, an egg? it's basically hundreds of years of conditioning and ma- genetic man- manipulation um, so one of the things that they can do is they keep the lights on the whole time which makes them which makes the chickens extremely nervous okay. and anxious and that also results it's also in the food that they give them and also the type of breeding that they've done in different chickens to make sure that you 
you keep on getting the ones that laid the most eggs. So you do that over a span of hundreds of years, um, you're going to get the, um, I mean, not even hundreds of years, like just in the past decades, you're going to get those types of chickens that unfortunately, instead of uh, laying 12 to 17 eggs per year, I mean, having their ovulation 12 to 17 times, they're having it th more than 300 times. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, when it comes to the industry, again, uh, there's uh, the egg-laying chickens and then there's the, what they call the broiler chickens. Broiler chickens are for uh, are killed for their um, flesh. Egg-laying, um, they basically lay the eggs and then when they're too tired or exhausted, they also are killed. Um, basically what they do is they separate the at birth the male from the female once the eggs crack and they put the males on a conveyor belt and that takes them straight into a shredder um, because the male chicks are useless for the industry so they don't need to keep them so they kill them uh, once they're born whether using a shredder or they put them in the small gas boxes or so like small gas chambers or sometimes they drown them or put them in big plastic bags and just um, let them let suffocate them it's actually i've seen those videos it's yeah. pretty crazy and if yes. you think about how people love those little chicks, you know, when yeah, Easter comes so around, they're so cute. Else, and yeah. then, but it's, but then they'll you, eat eggs not thinking about what's yeah. really happening to them by the thousands and oh, hundreds and thousands. millions. It's, it's unimaginable. Like chickens are one of the like highest numbers of uh, animals that are being killed and exploited. Um, so this is the industry. And then, yeah, as we said, they, they put them in, um, for example, now there's this whole new thing like cage-free eggs. You know, I've been in cage-free farms. Cage-free farms just means there's no cages. It still means that you can have up to 15,000 chickens in one shed because there's no cage. So it's so easier. In, so it's like there's it's not a cage, it's a wood house. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And okay, we can talk about like the best case scenario again, just to keep in mind that veganism is not about um, how ex how to exploit animals, it's not to exploit animals. So I always want to talk about the best case scenario again. Uh, when it comes to best case scenario, you can have chickens in your backyard that are living the best time, like having best days of their lives, eating well, having fun, um, playing around. And then every time, every once in a while, they lay an egg. All right. So someone can say, what is the harm in taking that egg? Yeah. Um, so to begin with, philosophically speaking, you are confirming that animals owe us something when they actually don't. Another thing that... Um, well, hey, if people liked eating chicken poop, would that be wrong philosophically <laughs> too? I mean, at some point you have to draw a line where you have to weigh the, the, yeah, the harm but, that you're actually causing. Well, there is apparently a harm that you cause when you take the egg uh, away from a chicken. Yeah. Um, basically what that does is because of how chickens are nowadays, every time the egg is taken away, they feel the need to lay another one. And laying an egg for a chicken, whether it's in she's in your backyard or in a factory farm, um, is a very painful process because just simply the size of the egg in relation to their body it's not easy or um, painless to lay an egg um, not only that they also lose a lot of nutrients because of the formation of the egg um, so once you do that um, you are you you take away the egg the chicken's gonna feel the need to lay another one and that's gonna cause them pain and anxiety and this has been seen and tested by people you know I, I mean I've had vegans reach out to me and say I was doing this with my chickens I mean they they call themselves vegan but they were eating the eggs mm -hmm. and then they said like how how stressed the chickens were getting every time they realized the egg isn't there now one thing that a lot of people do and i've done this myself as well is if your chicken uh, or like the chicken living in your backyard is laying an egg what you want to do is make sure that this chicken has enough nutrients because she's losing nutrients every time she lays an egg, mostly calcium because of the shell of the egg. All you have to do is just break the egg in front of the chicken and watch how amazing it is, how crazy they go and how much they love eating the egg back. 
they eat the egg back to gain all the nutrients that they lose in the process of really? laying the egg. Yes. Uh, you can uh, like watch videos of this on YouTube. There's so many places that do it. I've been like in animal sanctuaries, you know. Interesting. You, they have all these eggs and you just break it for the chickens. Can and they just crack it with their beak? No, you break it for them and then they go crazy okay. on it. It's really, You'd think it's really they would have figured it out that yeah. they can just like hack at it with yeah. their pointy beak. Yeah. No. Maybe. I mean, I've never seen them do that, but okay. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, what about fish? All right, fish. Uh, it's really weird because for some reason, I when I first went vegetarian, the first six months I ate fish, which means I was pescatarian, not vegetarian. But I don't know why I thought like they're not considered on the same category as all other um animals you mm -hmm. know maybe it's because of the fact that they live in the water and we don't really think of them as like let's not advanced. well their brains are a lot smaller yeah but the thing is it it turns out I, i've been in a, in a very interesting lecture that was comparing the cognitive abilities and the sentience of fish to other animals and in so many ways they are more advanced of more more advanced uh, than other animals that what that we talk about so a lot of the um, things that they test is for example it's very simple you do something to any animal that kind of hurts them or like it's not nice for them if next time they prevent that that's a sign that they understand okay i don't like this i don't want this and and there's a lot of different ways of testing their sentience that um that uh, scientists have tried and a lot in a lot of ways a lot of fish are more advanced well definitely octopus i've seen videos of octopus yes. like finding their way out I of know, a trap i know it's really interesting so the they again we can always talk about like the fact that if they're not as smart it doesn't really justify harming them at the end of the day they are sentient beings they're not um they're not like plants you know they, they feel pain they suffer they they prevent pain if they can and what they, really freaked me out was watching a video of how they pile them up into these big vats and they kind their eyes bulge out and yeah. they, they're like suffocated by the piles of fish yeah. that come on top of them it's kind of sad to of look course. at of course i mean but 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 when sure. you look at like tiny little sardines you wonder if really how conscious they are of everything that's happening well, for um, example well science shows that they are um the, i think if i'm not mistaken it was the university of harvard they signed the animal sentience um paper that that's actually um confirmed that all animals are sentient and they are aware of their surrounding and their experience uh their personal experience so um no matter how different they can be to us you know maybe they feel less you know maybe they're less sentient than us but they are still sentient animals who are experiencing their own lives and and they they want to prevent any type of suffering now um, how could we justify causing any type of harm to them when we don't have the need to do so uh, taking a fish out of the ocean is is like basically whether it's done in an industrial way or just one person fishing by themselves is you can imagine yourself maybe being tied by your um, mouth to, to your like, a, yeah, yeah. like a hook in your lip and then just being pulled out of the atmosphere like the pressure that you would feel in that change of i mean um, the pain that you would feel in that change of pressure you know it's horrible and um yeah maybe someone one day will create a less horrible way of killing them but you're still unnecessarily killing them so it's never really about how bad we're treating them it's the fact that we keep on looking at animals as commodities or or resources for us when we actually have no reason or justification to do so so apparently like mollusks and these kinds of sea creatures yeah some scientists think they should be reclassified as plant life yeah. because they have not been proven to be sentient. Have yeah. you heard anything about yeah, this? I, this is actually a, a huge um, 
like a subject in the scientific community because the thing is um, they're not they're definitely not as as advanced as other animals definitely not a lot of scientists are talking whether or not they can be considered sentient what they did find out actually that that we can't deny is that they have a macro nervous system and if they do that usually that's a sign of sentience so again but don't some plants have that too no they don't basically to to have as uh, to be considered a sentient being you need a nervous system and a brain so a nervous system to feel and a brain to process the pain or, or pleasure or whatever plants don't have that at least so far we haven't proved that they have that we definitely don't what about insects like ants again with insects it's like less sentient would you eat ants you know? no Would you eat any insect? No, I, I don't have... Worms? Don't, no, not at all. <laughs> but, but you know, it's interesting because sometimes you say, ah, oh, but we don't know that they feel. Well, if, if we don't know, then I'm definitely not going to do it, you know, especially when I don't have the need. So um, what about, uh, let me ask you this. What do you think about, because I know you have answers for everything. What about Eskimos who live in the North Pole? I know we've like we're living in a All world right. we don't need to eat meat, but some people do need to eat meat. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah. So uh, let's talk about, actually, I'm going to use, I recently learned that apparently Eskimo is a slur. And the real word. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I Let me rephrase. That. It's Inuits, apparently. Inuits, okay. Yeah. I just learned that like a few months ago. Um, I totally respect Inuits. The fact that I use that word does not reflect my disrespect. Oh, for no, them. no, of course. I know, I know. Um, so basically, um, what? yeah, people say, okay, what about a tribe in the middle of the forest in Africa, you know? Or, or like the Inuits who live in places where they, they don't where have Where nothing access. grows during the, yeah. those colder months. Exactly. So um, there's a few things there. One, to start with, Those are the last people I would go to to talk about veganism. I'd rather first deal Smart with move. the yeah. I mean, we have billions of people living in cities where they have the option of not killing animals. I would start and finish first with that population, and then think about the rest. Now, um, one thing we do know about like Inuits and other civilizations is that they import state-of-the-art weapons and clothing and everything else to survive and to hunt. If they can import that, they can also import plant-based food. Yeah, but then you're polluting because you're like transporting yeah. stuff unnecessarily when you could very well survive off what's but, available locally. So that doesn't really add up well, either. Well, they can replace um, transporting weapons to kill animals with transporting foods. And one why don't thing, they just not? Why don't they just make their own weapons with sticks and it's, stones? It's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's also the part where, like, um, I mean, the the population of these animals are going down as well. So I mean, I would I would even go like as far as to say if you live in a place where you can't even survive i mean the situation the, the conditions are so harsh that you can't even eat what, what you're supposed to eat naturally then maybe you shouldn't live there in the first place now again, that's exactly what my friend said yeah now but again i don't want anyone to think that i campaign to like move inwards from their from their lands and put them somewhere although else. some of them were moved there from more livable lands yeah so, Let's so not that, forget. that's not like the I, i would never start a campaign against them uh, because again there's so many people first that we have to reach them. Yeah, too. And then I just was done. wondering from an ethical perspective. Yeah. Um, and then what about this this issue of um, some animals reproduce very quickly and are are have don't have enough um, predators left, yeah. and they grow out of control. They become yeah. overpopulated, and they become a danger to the ecosystem and even to themselves because they're all competing for the same food. So yeah. in that case, there are a lot of places, for example, in the U.S. where this is happening. Is they it okay hunting. to go hunt and and eat those animals because? Because the population is going yeah. up. So um, it's interesting how, there, again, there's a few points. It, it's really weird because with every answer, there's a, there's like a, a few things that we have to mention. To begin with, 
if humans actually believe it's justified to kill any species that is destroying their environment, then we will literally justify killing humans because we are the worst species that is destroying the environment. But we would never go out there and start randomly killing people and say, you know, we're, we're like, our number is so big, we're causing so much harm to the environment, so we have to kill each other now. We don't actually believe that's justified. And if we don't believe it's justified with humans, why do we think it's justified with animals? Now, another thing is we always put the blame on the animals. A lot of places, the reason why this happens is because of humans, you know? We either make one of the species that is their predator go extinct, or we just kill them, for example, like so many um, places in the U.S., actually, um, the department, I forgot what was the name of the department in the government that takes care of wildlife and things like that. They kill millions of animals every single year to protect livestock, to protect farms. And what happens then you're killing all these like hundreds of thousands of wolves to protect farm animals. And then these wolves are no longer existing there and becoming predi- uh, the, the predators of other animals. Like deer and exactly. this kind of and stuff. Exactly. And then these, these deers or other animals start producing more because there's no wolves left. And then we start killing the deers instead. Well, what about not killing the wolves in the first place and stop like animal farming so you don't have to be in that position? Now, Still, this is not a solution. We're still talking about the main source of the problem. The only solution I can think of is unfortunately one that is never really considered because humans just don't care about animals is um, the, the neutering program. You know, if you actually care about the environment and the animals, you would put out a team out there that would anesthetize the animal yeah. and then neuter the animal and then yeah. release the animal. You know, uh, yeah, and, and but that brings up other issues of like, did they, based on the, all the arguments you just made, mm-hmm. they didn't have the the right to make the decision that they wanted. Oh, no, that. Of, oh yeah, of course, and and it's still unethical. Yeah, but it's much like it's less bad than killing them. You know, you're just unnecessarily killing them. Mm-hmm. Again, my, sounds expensive too. Yeah, but see, that's the point. Like, are we going to talk about convenience or like um, ethics? Yeah. So if governments don't care about ethics, they're just going to do the easiest thing. What is that? Give permits for people to go hunting and killing these animals. Instead of, first of all, again, my my real solutions would be take responsibility, stop killing wildlife to protect um, uh, animal farming, stop animal farming, and then you wouldn't have to deal with these things. If you're already so late, then you're going to have to do what is best for them. The same way we would um, uh, neuter um, like dogs and cats because we... Like the shelters are full, you know, I don't like the fact that people do that, but I'd rather that they get neutered than shelters keep on euthanizing animals, you know. So unfortunately, if we have already messed up so bad and that is the only solution, as you said, it doesn't go along my my other points because it's not ethical. The animal isn't consenting to it. Unfortunately, if that's the only thing we're left with. We would have to be doing that. Well, you make a lot of really great points and a very compelling case for our fellow creatures on this planet. Um, you've, you've really uh, convinced me on quite a few things, and I'm sure you've convinced other people as well, I especially so. <laughs> as you go around the world like talking about these things. But thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. If you'd like to know more about veganism and animal rights, and you'd like to get up close and personal with the animals we're talking about, check out Seb Alex on Instagram. And while you're there, check us out too, hakawadi.fm and the Nadia Michelle. And be sure to subscribe on your way out. Peace.